Ronnie here, just letting you know that Dirtfoot is being pushed back to next week, regrettably, but for good reason. I reached out to the episode's sole editor, Phil Sampson, on Twitter, just with a simple question, and Phil responded saying, hey, you know what? I think I still have a rough cut of that. I think I still have note sheets from Dirtfoot. If you could wait until I'm back in my office, I could send them to you. So it made sense to me to wait. I, I, I really toyed with just putting the episode out without that, but it seems too cool to like pass up on that. Unfortunately, when I found that out, it was too late to start a new episode from scratch. So uh, yeah, we'll just wait till next week, but I'm really looking forward to it. Till then, enjoy some Total Recarl. I handpicked this one because there's a bit of a similarity between Total Recarl and Dirtfoot. Maybe you can spot it. Dancing is forbidden. 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 You who running crew, welcome to Dancing is Forbidden in Aqua Teen Hunger Force Exploration. I am Ronnie, and on this podcast, I am watching through and talking about every Aqua Teen episode one episode at a time, and the episode we are watching through and talking about this week is Season 2, Episode 12, Total Recarl. Oh, okay, you know, sort of like that movie uh, Predator, only instead of hunting people, he's like crapping. Total Recarl first premiering October 5th, 2003, and I am just so excited to talk about this episode because... Little 10-year-old Ron, 11-year-old Ron, this was in the running as one of my favorite Aqua Teen Hunger Force episodes. Now, eventually, it got beaten out by an episode we have yet to discuss that is also in this season, so we will get there, but Total Recarl, easily, when I was growing up, was my second favorite episode of the show, so just so excited to dig into it and, you know, experience all the nostalgia that comes with it. And hyping up, celebrating that nostalgia, I've gone ahead and illegally, I would like to remind you, made 10 limited stickers of Carl crapping on the super toilets. They are holographic stickers, die cut stickers, and I have got three of them that I will be giving away for free. So, the ways you can enter, okay? First way, exclusive to podcast listeners only. Rate or review the show wherever you listen to it. Send me a screenshot and you will be entered. If you have already entered my, you know, giveaways before, that's fine. You can enter this again. That's totally cool. Just send me a screenshot. Check the show notes for ways to get in contact with me and you will be entered. Apple Podcast listeners, if you write a review, that is worth two entries, okay? Sorry, but reviews are worth more. Even if you don't listen on Apple Podcasts, you can go there and, you know, make an account and review it if you would like to be entered twice. So that's the first way. Second way will be on the Instagram. Third way will be on the Twitter. So if you're following those, and those are at AquaTeenPod on both, check the show notes. You'll see posts up eventually on how to get entered into that. You can enter all three ways. You can only win once because I don't think it's fair if, you know, somebody wins twice. We only have three of these left to give away. So you can enter all three times if you would like, but you can only win once. And yeah, just super excited. Again, giving away three of those stickers. So make sure you enter. Free to enter. If you win, totally free. You know, no strings attached. Just please only enter. Only, you know, send me stuff. Send me your reviews or whatever. If you're comfortable giving me your shipping address, that's the giveaway. Just so excited for this episode. Um, I, I think for a period, it actually was my favorite. But yeah, really excited to talk about Total Recarl. But before we talk about Total Recarl, as always, 
you know, we got some other stuff to talk about. What else is going on with Aqua Teen Hunger Force? Right now, this week, all sorts of stuff. You know, I guess it's dying down a little bit because Aqua Donk Side Pieces is over. We got it for about two weeks. I'm not going to dwell too much on the episodes because, you know, at the end of the month, we are covering them one at a time. But yeah, it's been such a wild ride. They did release them over the weekend, so I looked like an idiot on the last podcast episode, the Return of Hand Banana coverage, where I'm like, yeah, you know, next week they'll start up again. And I said it explicitly in that episode, the Plutonians won't be out by the time this episode drops. Well, they were. Uh, I mean, that's fine. Nobody said anything about it, uh, thankfully. But yeah, just kind of uh, interesting that they did that. Dave Willis himself seemed surprised that they were released over the weekend as most of us were. But yeah, I mean, it's all over now. I was kind of thinking when they put the last one out, they would announce the movie title and release date, but they didn't. And and Dave Willis tweeted recently that they are finishing it in May. So it's not even done yet, which to me is good because like I've said, I get married in June and I would just hate for it if they release that, you know, when I'm getting married or something, because I want to see the movie. I want to talk about it. I want to be online to talk to you about it. And that would just be awful if it all coincided. We'll see. It's still possible that that happens because the the film isn't coming to theaters. It is just coming to on-demand, uh, maybe digital purchase, DVD, that kind of stuff. But yeah, uh, we'll deal with that when we get to it. Back to Aquadonk, though. Yeah, it was just exciting to talk to you about it as they were dropping. Every single day, we got something new to talk about, which was fun and exciting that on the Dumbest Doll of All YouTube video, the Adult Swim channel pinned one of my uh, comments on there, which was really cool. So, hey, hopefully some people can find the podcast from that. But yeah, basically, I said, as a kid, I would laugh at Happy Time Harry. Now, as an adult, I realize I grew up to be him or something along those lines. Of course, I said that very thing on the Dumber Doll coverage on this podcast feed where I'm like, wait a second, you know, I work night shift now. I have a bad back now. Holy shit. Now, some people dug a little too much into that. Luckily, you know, I'm not addicted to pills or anything like that. I'm not as uh, I would like to think as fucked up as Happy Time Harry. But yeah, definitely some similarities there. And it's just funny to see how life can turn out sometimes. So anyways, yeah, that 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 Happy Time Harry episode very great. Probably one of my favorite Aquadonks. But but again, we'll get into all of them at the end of the month on this podcast feed one at a time. So that's enough blabbering from me for now. I've got some messages to play from you. You did some blabbering. Let's listen to it. So since this is Total Recarl, I would be making a big mistake to not play a voice message from a man also named Carl. Not the Carl, but a Carl. Let's hear what he's got to say. Hey, Ronnie, it's Carl, uh, not the Aqua Teens Next Door Neighbor Carl. Unfortunately, I wish I lived next to uh, Master Shake, Meatwad, and Frylock because that would be somehow better than my uh, neighbor to us to tattletale on me to my HOA. Apparently, it's frowned upon uh, to clone money from a clone you bought off Amazon. <laughs> but anyway, man, I just want to tell you, love the podcast. I started listening last month, and I'm caught all the way up now. Um, I listen about three or four episodes a day usually. Um because I drive a truck and uh, yeah, man, I mean, I just love the, the style and the descriptions and the takeaways. I find myself laughing along with you a lot and going back and watching these episodes and seeing things that I miss. So great job. Uh, I hope I'm not too late to get in before total recall. There's a, a little three second clip in that where Meatwad has shaken the exoskeleton and he's like, shut up, boy, I'll make it worse. And I lose it every time. Um, a quick little funny story. It was, I worked at an office job before I drove trucks, and I had a coworker that loved Aqua Teen, and I accidentally sent him a joke email about our company marathon that was Master Shake saying, I should not walk so that a child may live. 
but I responded to everybody that was on my floor in that email. <laughs> so yeah, it was a little bit awkward explaining it, but yeah, man, keep up the great work, love it all, and looking forward to listening to the rest of it. Carl, man, thank you so much for this message. I really, really, really loved listening to this. Uh, you had me going with the HOA thing. Now I don't know, maybe your neighbor did really tattle on you to the HOA, but yeah, just total misdirection there. And at the end with that joke email, that is so painful. Oh my God. But I mean, that's just great. Uh, a great Aqua Teen story. And that cements you, I think, in the Aqua Teen fandom as, as a, a legit fan for making such a fuck up. <laughs> oh Lord. So yeah, man. I mean, first of all, glad to get you on the Total Recall episode. It's always nice when I hear these voice messages and, and the person is saying, yeah, I hope I'm in time for this episode. And I'm like, God damn it. Perfectly in time. And it really means a lot to hear that you listened so much to the podcast. I mean, probably an unhealthy amount. No one's meant to hear my voice that much in, in just the short span of a month. But I'm glad you're listening. And it really, truly means a lot to know that you're listening at work. To get off topic here for a little bit, you know, a part of me, I, I started uploading more to the YouTube page, uploading these episodes and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, damn, I'm getting way more hits on YouTube than I am on the podcast feed proper. Like, should I just start making YouTube videos instead? But just hearing that, hearing somebody at work that is is getting value from the podcast, it reminds me, like, that's why I started doing a podcast, because I, too, listen to podcasts at work. And it really, you know, hearing you say that just reminded me, like, that's what it's all about, man, keeping people company while they're, you know, caught up in this capitalistic game that we are all playing. You know, you're somewhere, you, you maybe you're lucky enough to have your ears and your mind free, but you're doing this kind of menial task where you have to use your eyes. Hey, I'm glad I'm there. I'm glad I'm with all of you in your ears while you're doing, you know, work or maybe just while you're listening along in your free time. I mean, that's awesome, too. I really appreciate that and respect that. So, yeah, just again, thanks, Carl. Uh, cool to hear you drive a truck. You know, I, I uh, could never do that job. I am such an unconfident driver. I'd be crying the first day and probably just getting out of the truck and leaving. Wish I could do it because I know that there's a shortage of it right now. I'm sure there's some decent money to be made. I, I, again, I don't drive a truck, but my job does depend on truckers. And just hearing all the shit that's going on is kind of crazy. And yeah, just keep on, keep on driving, man. Might I suggest a podcast called Over the Road? Uh, it's by a trucker and uh, not really for truckers uh, specifically because I enjoyed it, but doesn't look like he's making a whole lot of new episodes anymore, but just really interesting to hear what goes on in that side of things because, you know, maybe you, uh, some other listener are not interested in truckers specifically, but your life, no doubt, is severely impacted by truckers. So thanks a lot, Carl. Really appreciated the message. And I'm glad that you're caught up now so that, you know, you can get kind of a break from my voice. Unless you're going back and re-listening to episodes, that would be unhealthy. Don't do it. Moving on here, we have a message from Meatwad himself. And I'm going to preface this by saying, I don't think this is the real Dave Willis. But when I was listening to it, I thought it might have been. So let's check it out. This is me uh, calling for the uh, fifth, no wait, seventh, eighth time. Let's just say it's been a week since you heard from me. I see you doing that little broadcast of yours, a podcast or something. Just wanna say, keep doing what you do. I love that you're covering me and the boys chilling in the neighborhood like we do. I see you watching our new side pieces. I knew that would get you going. <laughs> we spent a long time crafting them boys out. <laughs> when are we gonna see that movie? Not the one that ain't out yet. And the one I'm not supposed to talk about, <laughs> NDAs and all that. 
<laughs> but that first movie, where we fight after some exercise machine, looking forward to seeing that. I think I turned into a, like a meat monster or something. I don't remember. One of my shining moments. <laughs> and the way I'm running out of minutes here, just want to say, keep it up. Want to see more of it. And maybe talk about dinner. All right, I'm out. It's absolutely crazy to me how many people who listen to this podcast can do such great impressions. I feel like we're getting to the point here where we could put on our own production at this point. We just got to write up some stuff. I know lots of you are talented artists, animators. Fuck it, man. What are we waiting on Matt and Dave for? Let's just make our own episodes. We've got enough fucking voice talent here sending shit in. Yeah, I listened to that at work and I was literally stunned. I was like, is this Dave Willis? What's going on here? But listening back on my real headphones, I can hear it's a very, very, very good impression. But I can hear, yeah, it's it's, it's not the real meat wad, but very close. That's, you know, insane. We had old Meatwad there asking about coverage of the 2007 film Aqua Teen Hunger Force colon movie film for the theaters. And we actually are covering that at the moment over on the Patreon. That is patreon.com slash dancing is forbidden. Check the show notes for $5 a month. You get all that coverage. I am four parts into it. So that is over four hours of, of me covering that film. And we are about halfway through the film. So I expect there's another four hours coming. Eight hours total of me talking about one movie. Absolutely insane. But yeah, lots of fun over there diving into the film. And there's also some, some coverage of other Adult Swim shows that I started doing at first. And yeah, the plan is when the new film comes out, I will talk about that over there on the Patreon. So yeah, that's five bucks a month. Gets you all that and gets you, you know, happiness for supporting the show, all that good stuff. And yeah, as the Patreon keeps growing, I would like to keep putting more stuff there because that means I wouldn't have to pick up more shifts at work, blah, blah, blah. I've mentioned it all before. So yeah, I mean, again, thank you for that message. I really thought that was the real meatwad for a moment. And even though it's not real, it's very, very, very close. I was blown away. But all right, thank you guys for those messages. I do have a few more to play, but I'll save those for the next episode. If you would like to send in your own voice message, get yourself on the show, head to speakpipe.com slash dancing is forbidden or check the show notes. Just click the link right there. We'd love to hear from you. Before we head into the pop culture segment for this episode, real quick story for you here. Some of you might care, some of you might not. I was streaming again on Twitch for the first time in forever, uh, twitch.tv slash Ronnie Neely. Check the show notes if you want to follow along there if you're into video games. And yeah, it was fun seeing a lot of my friends there. And then a listener popped in, King of Carrot Flower. Thank you for popping in because my viewers were like, Ronnie, your microphone's making noises and stuff. What's going on? And I had no idea because it's like, well, I record the podcast all the time and it's fine. I don't know what buzzing noise you're talking about. Turns out this big brain genius, King of Carrot Flower, came in and is like, it sounds like an unplugged guitar cable. Come to realize my guitar cable was plugged into my interface, my sound card here. And also the end of it was not plugged into a guitar. It was on the floor and I was stepping on it with my foot. So that was the noise. Thank you, King of Carrot Flower. Not sure, you know, what your other usernames are elsewhere if I've interacted with you before, but appreciate that. Again, if you'd like to stop into my Twitch anytime, I'd like to stream more. It's just hard with my sleep schedule and all that good stuff. Yeah, check the link in the show notes. I'd like to do some Aqua Teen stuff there as well. All right. Hey, that's enough jibber jabbering. What the heck was going on the week that Total Recarl premiered? Lying its way into the classroom and rocking its way to the top of the box office, this week we have School 
of Rock. We got a Jack Black flick directed by Richard Linklater. It's a good film. I saw this back around the time it came out. I, I had seen it since then, and I actually saw it within the past couple months. My fiance and I just randomly put it on again. And I gotta say, this movie holds up. Jack Black, this, this is probably my favorite film that he is in. He like really carries it, you know? He's one of the few people that can play a role like this if you've never seen it. Basically, the guy lies his way to be a school music teacher and he teaches all these kids how to rock and because he wants to do a big battle of the bands and all this stuff and he's one of the few people that can really pull this off because jack black is a musician he is you know credible in terms of rock and roll and it's just a great film it's a very unique film it has a 7.2 out of 10 on imdb and a 92 percent on rotten tomatoes i'd say both of those are fair again you know if you like music if you like Jack Black being silly, and if you like a strong cast of kids, I guess, check it out. You know, I looked up some of these kids when I watched it, and most of them didn't really go on to do anything. But uh, yeah, they do a good enough job in the film. And I know you are wondering, is there any shared cast between School of Rock and Aqua Teen Hunger Force? And yes, there is. We have Sarah Silverman in School of Rock playing Jack Black's brother's girlfriend, and we have Sarah Silverman appearing in Season 3, Episode 7 of Aqua Teen, Robo Sitter, which came out in 2004. So a year later, Sarah Silverman showing up in Aqua Teen Hunger Force. And then we also have a kind of a loose connection here. There is some Led Zeppelin music played in School of Rock. And in the episode Sirens, the fifth season, second episode that came out in 2008 of Aqua Teen, that episode Sirens. We have Dave Willis performing the song The Ocean by Led Zeppelin. So kind of a loose connection there. You know, they wrote songs that appeared in both shows. Although Robert Plant, Jimmy Page, they of course didn't appear in either School of Rock or Aqua Teen, but their music was in both. So since we are on the music tip, let's give a listen to the album that was topping the charts the week that Total Recall premiered. DMX might be wondering where the hood at, but he damn sure knows that this week, his album Grand Champ is at the top of the Billboard Top 100 albums with over 312,000 units sold this week. And yeah, I mean, it's DMX. Not super familiar with a lot of his music, but, you know, I know the voice and I know his hit songs and all that stuff. Of course, he did pass away about a year ago as of this recording. It is April 29th as I record this. He passed away April 9th, 2021. So yeah, a little over a year ago, he passed away. But of course, his music lives on. Looking this album up on RateYourMusic.com, this one seems to be towards the middle to top of his discography in terms of ratings over there, with a 2.82 out of 5. For context, his top album is his 1998 release, It's Dark and Hell is Hot, which is a 3.62 out of 5, which is quite good. So yeah, this one seems to be, you know, not his best album, but it's not rated his worst. So moving on to our top Billboard track and our top Billboard alternative track, it's the same as the Universal Remonster episode. We have Beyonce's Baby Boy at the top of the Billboard charts for singles and Stain's So Far Away at the top of the alternative charts. So I found something that's not out quite yet. You know, we are on October 5th, 2003. This album comes out two days later, but I would like to talk about it. We have Death Cab for Cuties' Transatlanticism. 
I suppose you could pronounce it transatlanticism too. Uh, either way seems valid to me. So let me play you just a little bit. I've got a hunger twisting my stomach into knots that my tongue is tied off. My brain's repeating. If you've got an impulse, let it out. But they never make it past my That song, The Sound of Settling by Death Cab for Cutie. And Death Cab for Cutie, one of my favorite bands. I can't say I'm super hot on this album, but I am excited to talk about it because it was really their big breakout album. And this same year, Ben Gibbard, the singer slash guitar player of Death Cab for Cutie, also put out an album with Jimmy Tamborello, a.k.a. Um, Dantel, Dantel. There's really no way to pronounce it. But yeah, electronic music jimmy tamborello and they put out music under the name the postal service which that album came out before this season of aqua teen started uh in my opinion a better album than this one but yeah that's like ben gibbard singing over electronic music this is you know his indie band death cab for cutie but just a huge year for him to have because both albums huge indie commercial successes and yeah i mean death cab for cutie like i said one of my favorites i prefer their earlier album to this one we have the facts and we're voting yes i feel like that's probably their best album but i like their stuff after this one too and you know if it's death cab for cutie i'm just looking for any excuse to talk about them so that's it for music this week last but not least you know we got some video games or should i say video game the game we are talking about this week is freedom fighters Freedom Fighters coming out in North America on October 1st, 2003 to GameCube, Microsoft Windows, PlayStation 2, Xbox. And I never played this game, but there is a really cool retrospective of it on YouTube called Why Was Freedom Fighters a Big Deal by the channel Game Ranks. And it was cool watching the footage and hearing this guy talk about it. He had played it when he was younger. And it seems interesting. There's this interesting mechanic. So it's a third person shooter but you can control, like you have a squad with you and you start off with one or two people in your squad. And as you level up your charisma in the game, you can control more people, more uh, AI in your in your squad. So eventually you have like a ton of people that you're controlling and that just looks really fun and satisfying. The controls on it seem pretty simple. Like you tell your squad to stay here, defend, or you can send them into a room to like clear a room for you. But it just looks like so much fun. And yeah, the game was received well, but it looks like they never made a follow-up to it, which a lot of fans are just really disappointed. It was developed by IO Interactive, the company that made the Hitman games back in the day. So this was like a big deal when it came out and published by EA. And yeah, I guess people are still just holding out hope for another one. If you played this game back in the day, let me know. It looks, it looks pretty fun. So all right. You're excited for the new Death Cab for Cutie album to come out, and you're loving School of Rock, a little disappointed that they didn't have any new Death Cab songs in that film, but hey, that's alright. And you're playing Freedom Fighters, it's great, and you're so excited for the sequel to come. I mean, surely there'll be a sequel, this game is received well. Well, you know, you're tired of fighting for freedom, and you're getting too anxious waiting for the new Death Cab for Cutie. You gotta do something else, you gotta take your mind off of the wait. It's Sunday night, what is coming on Adult Swim? At 11 p.m., we get The Big O with Twisted Memories, a new episode. And guess what? I got a treat for you here. 11.30 p.m., we have The Brack Show, new season. That's right. The episode is Bracklet, Prince of Spaceland, a new episode. God damn it. I'm excited to see it. Some other new stuff coming on Adult Swim tonight. This is Brack Show in its final season. 
and sad to see it go. But hey, you know, back in 2003 at this time, you had a whole season ahead of you of laughs, smiles, giggles, and Brack's undying optimism and excitement. Moving from there, we get this new episode of Aqua Teen at 1145, Total Recarl. At midnight, we get C-Lab 2021 Stimutax. Uh, from here on out, it's not new episodes, so this C-Lab episode is old. 12.15, we get Space Ghost Coast to Coast with Knife in a Round. My favorite Space Ghost episode, the episode that got me into Space Ghost. I've talked about it before on this podcast, but yeah, just great episode. I saw it when C. Martin Croker passed away, and they made the announcement that all the Space Ghost episodes were free to watch on Adult Swim for a while in memory of him. So that's when I got onto the Space Ghost train when C. Martin Croker passed away. But just a great episode, one of the best episodes of TV of all time. You have Bjork, you have Tom York from Radiohead, and it's just it's just madness. It's a great episode. If you've never seen The Space Ghost, check out the episode Knife in a Round if you have HBO Max. To sweeten the pot for you, the episode was written by Matt Malero, Dave Willis, and Dave Willis appears as minister in the episode, his voice. 12.30 a.m. we get home movies with Storm Warning, 1 a.m. Trigun with Little Arcadia, and 1.30 a.m. Cowboy Bebop with Bohemian Rhapsody. So yeah, I mean, that's the lineup tonight. Solid lineup. You know, I'm glad we get some other new stuff besides Big O and Aqua Teen. We get some new Brack show and just one of the best Space Ghost episodes. So it's a good night tonight, I think, on Adult Swim. But all right, the stage is set. The outside toilet is installed and the door is locked. I think we're ready to jump into this episode of Aqua Teen. Check it out. Check it out, y'all. Check it out. Check it out. This episode of Dancing is Forbidden is brought to you by Metamucil. Having trouble staying regular? Haven't made in days? Neighbor trying to get you to test out his outdoor super toilet? Try Metamucil. With all sorts of products meant to make you go, there's something for everyone. This podcaster's pro tip, dip the fiber tablets in the stool softener. It's delicious. Use promo code Dancing is Forbidden for 10% off your next bulk order of fiber gummies. Metamucil, it's poo-poo time. This episode of Dancing is Forbidden is also, as always, brought to you by the wonderful patrons over at patreon.com slash dancingisforbidden, donating their hard-earned cash to keep this show chugging along. And joining on this week at the duffel bag of cash $5 tier, we have Sam Hain, and we also have Joe. Thank you both so much. Sam Hain actually signing on a few weeks ago, but this is our first proper episode since then, so apologies on the wait, but excited to see both of you here. Gotta say, you know, when I see these messages pop up on my phone, say, hey, someone sent up to the Patreon, makes my day. Really appreciate it so much. Sam Hain, somebody I have seen around on the Aqua Jail Discord and other spots, and Joe, Joe's got a cool set of keys as his uh his little profile pic on patreon so that's pretty badass glad to have you both on board but they're not just getting a shout out on the show they both now have access to all of the exclusive episodes look we've talked about it earlier in the episode old meatwad was asking about it so i talked about it there not gonna regurgitate it if you would like to support the show though and you can't do so financially hey i get it just share the show around talk about the show uh i don't know go on your favorite mmo and type about the show in a very crowded area uh if you're carl and drive a truck maybe write my website on the side of your truck i don't know look get creative with it but yes thanks for all the support everybody you know that's the reason i can do these stickers that's the reason i can do just about damn near anything let's talk about total recarl Coming up next, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. 
Total Recall airing October 5th, 2003 with a TV 14 LV rating for language and violence. And this one, I totally see why the episode really pushes Aqua Teen into more grotesque territory with everything that happens to Carl, as well as all the language throughout. You have Meatwad trying to find out what an F-bomb is, so he's taking all these jabs at it. But more so, there's a there's a point in the episode where Carl's brain is hooked up to Frylock's computer, and we see what Carl is thinking, and there are actual F-bombs on the screen. Now, it's very, very short, but it's there. So, you know, the TV-14 on this one makes sense to me. Total Recall also, of course, kicking off the Volume 3 DVD. Again, Volumes 2 and 3 making up Season 2, with a couple Season 1 episodes in the Volume 2 disc. But yeah, I mean, we're starting Volume 3, and in my opinion, it's the stronger DVD of the two for the second season, and I'm excited to get going, because from here on out, every episode is a good time. There are no guest voice actors in this episode, but before we head into the Dr. Weird skit, we should loop around to the name of this episode, Total Recarl, a reference to the 1990 film Total Recall, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sharon Stone, and Michael Ironside, who plays Sam Fisher in Splinter Cell, which I talk about all the time. Classic Schwarzenegger film, the idea behind it is there is a company that can implant memories in your head, so what people will do is go there and be like, yeah, give me, like, I went on vacation in Rome or something, and they can implant that in your head. So you think you actually went, you have great memories of it, but you never actually went. And old Arnie Schwarzenegger, he goes there, he tries to get a trip to Mars implanted in his head, and then things get a little crazy, and there's some action, there's some special effects, there's some uh, scantily clad women at some points. Why they decided to name this episode of Aqua Teen after this film, I am not sure. There's not really a connection there. They actually mention in the episode itself some films that are a little bit more applicable, some action films, but yeah, clearly a Total Recall reference. Not sure why, but there it is. So, all right, jumping into our Dr. Weird clip, we open in on a telephone in Dr. Weird's lab. It's kind of a, a large desk console phone. The phone is ringing, and then the machine picks it up, and we hear it is Jay Edwards trying to sell a new deck to Dr. Weird. Now, this person says his name is Jay Edwards. It's clearly Dave Willis, just using Jay's name. It's not the real Jay Edwards. Obviously, you can hear it's Dave Willis, but also Jay Edwards is not listed in the credits as a voice actor, so he's just kind of uh, picking on his buddy there using his name. But Dr. Weird, yeah, he's getting a spam call on his phone. He is not having it. We see on the console phone that there is some sort of port on the far right side, which the phone looks normal up till that point. Well, what happens is that opens up and Dr. Weird puts in these mechanical spiders into this and you see them crawl down the phone line that eventually you hear Jay Edwards uh, quote on the other line start screaming because the spiders come out and they attack him. They go into his brain and all sorts of stuff. To look at these spiders real quick, they are purple, and they have yellow legs and yellow spikes on them. And then lastly, they have little red eyes. They look like they're quite angry, like they are perhaps furling their brow. They are, they are pissed off looking. So let's jump into this clip, and then of course, talk about it on the other side. Gentlemen, you have reached Dr. Weird's residence. Now speak at the tone! Hello, Dr. Wire. Wired? <laughs> Weird. Steve, <laughs> send the phone, Hi, spiders. Words with uh, Chana Construction Company. With Spring here, we thought you might be interested in a new deck. Ah, uh, spiders! I guess we're not interested. 
So very sadistic here, but I can't say I blame Dr. Weird, you know, with all the robocalls and spam calls that I'm sure we all get. It can get quite annoying. Now this, pushing it a little far because he's attacking a real person, just trying to do their job, but it is annoying to get these spam calls. Steve is the one who feeds these spiders into the machine, and if you look at his hand, he is basically doing a pointing gesture on his hand, just kind of like a, a normal Steve gesture that he has, and he, he has these spiders just on top, and he's feeding them in. So really just low budget, because they're not going to animate him with this new hand style, like putting something in there. It's just he just moves his hand up and down as it's like pointing, and, and he feeds the spiders on in there. It gets the job done. But yeah, I, I really wish I had an equivalent of this to attack at least the robocalls that I get. You know, a real person calling to sell you a real service, that's fine. But these days, it's like you just get these spam calls that are just scams. I don't think what uh, old Jay Edwards was calling for was a scam. They were really offering a deck. In a lot of instances these days, it's all just just scams. So, I, you know, I, I, I would send some spiders over to some scammers. I wouldn't feel too bad about that. But okay, from there we get our intro, and this Dr. Weird skit having nothing to do with the episode, although, you know, Frylock invents something in this episode that causes harm, Dr. Weird invents something that causes harm. So, kind of similar, but, you know, it's not like they're fighting the phone spiders or anything. Again, if this were a season one episode or early season one episode, perhaps Dr. Weird would send those spiders, then we'd cut into the main episode, and then there'd be some problem with a scam caller or a prank caller calling people, then sending spiders to attack them like that, but... You know, we're in season two, not quite the same. We're not dealing with no Dr. Weird stuff here. So moving into our episode proper, we cut to Frylock. He is knocking on a door and we get a cool shot here. It's through the peephole of the door. So Frylock is all contoured, you know, like you're supposed to be looking at him through the peephole. So he's all distorted looking, pounding on the door. And then we eventually see he's at Carl's house. He's trying to get Carl to open the door. And then we we eventually see Carl. He's hiding behind his couch with all the lights off. He wants Frylock to leave, to go away. Let's give it a listen. Carl? Carl? Yo, Carl! Open the door! Damn it. I got a gift for you. Go away. Go away. I'm so tired of this. Freaking go away, you freak. <laughs> so that's that's Carl just chilling behind the couch. Classic Carl line here. I, I shared something on the Instagram, on the Twitter recently of someone who took that. And then instead of Frylock in the window, they have Elon Musk there. Because I, I Personally, I, I keep hearing about the fucking guy. It's like, all right, I, I get it. He exists. Can, like, I, I hear about him on a daily basis. It feels like it's insane. You know, personally, I'm more interested in his ex-wife, Grimes, because she's got some good music that I like. Elon Musk, all he did was, like, what did he make, PayPal or something, and then uh, electric cars. That's nice, but uh, what can I say? I'm more of a music man than a hot rod boy, so that's my take on it. Back to our clip, though, some great sound design that I didn't really appreciate until I was just listening for this podcast, where you hear some commotion, then you hear... Carl run to the left of the audio stage here, and then we see he's he's hiding on the left side of his living room. So some great sound design there that we don't always get in the show. Interesting, we hear that Carl turned the lights off while he was kind of behind the couch. Not sure how he pulled that off. Maybe there's a switch out of frame that we can't see. But yeah, Frylock's floating in the window looking in, and Carl's just behind the couch, and he's like, you know, I'm sick of this. Go away, you freak. Carl's just trying to live his life. And yeah, in these earlier episodes, we have Carl as as almost a straight man, as the everyman that we are supposed to relate to. And something that Dave Willis pointed out that I didn't really think about before, I guess also I'm not as familiar with the later seasons, but in the later seasons, 
Carl becomes just as crazy as the Aqua Teens, and there are many instances where the Aqua Teens are kind of like freaked out by Carl, the opposite of how the show starts. This definitely, though, with Carl as the straight man, he's the everyman, he just doesn't want to get roped into this shit, his stupid food product neighbors, he wants nothing to do with it, but, you know, they're going to rope him in anyways, so let's continue on with our clips and we have Frylock now. He will just appear in Carl's house, floating in the middle of the room, you know, busting Carl, who's trying to hide from Frylock. A big invasion of privacy, and this really with the Frylock character development of him becoming less ethical, a little creepier because, you know, he just kind of broke in. But to Frylock's defense, Carl has done this to them many times. For example, in the Super Bowl episode, Carl does just break into their house. And in this instance, Frylock just appears in there. We hear Carl break their windows at certain points to break into their house to get into the scene and stuff. So, you know, Carl, he doesn't really have the right to complain here with Frylock breaking in because he has done the same to them many times. So let's jump into our next clip here. Again, Carl's behind the couch. The lights are off. He's hiding from Frylock, hoping he'll just leave. But, you know, we're kind of breaking up the, the flow of the scene here. But you'll hear Frylock now just right inside talking to Carl. Carl, did you do something behind the couch? Yeah, I lost peace and quiet. What do you need? What do you want? Can I not just live here without having to occasionally deal with you animals? Well, yeah, it's your house. That's right it is. And look what I just added to it. So Frylock added something to the house. We're not quite sure what it is yet. You know, I assume maybe Frylock came in through the window, but the window is closed. We don't actually hear him fidgeting with it or playing with it or opening it or anything. So a mystery as to how Frylock got inside there. He has powers, so... You know, it doesn't really matter, though. It's funny that he's he's just there. I'm sure we've all been in that situation where somebody's at the door and you don't know who it is. Or maybe you do know who it is and you're ignoring them. But yeah, you're just, you're just hiding behind the couch or something, trying not to be seen through the window, hoping they'll go away. Luckily, though, the average person can't just teleport inside like Frylock could. But he did, and he is showing Carl the new addition to his house that Frylock installed. We head outside, and the new installation is a toilet. Now, this ain't your grandmama's toilet. This is a brand new toilet that Frylock himself has invented. The toilet is an all-metal build. It has a giant, what looks like a, a wind turbine on the top, something you would see on, like, the side of an airplane or something, like a jet engine or something along those lines. And yeah, just a super futuristic toilet. On the left side, there is a lever as well as a toilet paper dispenser. You know, I wonder if there's a bidet in this thing. That that would be uh, pretty futuristic, but I, I don't see such options but who knows, maybe maybe Carl never turns those on. But yeah, it's literally outside of Carl's house, just bolted into the ground. And this is what Frylock is here for. This is what he's excited about. So let's jump in and hear Carl's reaction. Oh, nice. A crapper. That's no ordinary <laughs> toilet, Carl. That toilet is environmentally friendly. Do you know how much water is used up every time you flush the toilet? I give what? Three gallons. Wow, what a waste. <laughs> the poor children. This one uses highly compressed air, creating a super vacuum which completely obliterates all waste upon impact. Oh, goody! So I should just sort of let the neighbors know that I'm going to be kind of, you know, exposing myself four to five times a day, depending on what I eat. <laughs> Maybe we can sell some tickets. Come by and take pictures. This is where I do my business from now on. No, no, no. This is the best part, Carl. Press this button and an infrared privacy curtain is activated, rendering you virtually invisible. Oh, okay, you know, sort of like that movie uh, Predator. Only instead of hunting people, he's like crap. Oh, the hollow man. I mean, you choose your science fiction fantasy. You'll be living it every time you go to the bathroom. Go ahead, try it out. <laughs> so that's, that's Frylock extending an arm. Go ahead, try it out. So a lot to unpack here, a lot going on in this scene. Frylock explains how the average flush of a toilet uses three gallons of water. So he's invented the super toilet that just, you know, shreds waste 
with compressed air. And there you go, no water. So I guess that kind of answers my bidet question because, you know, this is all, it's all air, baby. So I guess there would be no water component at all for the bidet. Carl understandably points out, hey, man, so I just have to get naked and, and do my business outside where everyone can see. And Frolic says, no, press this button and, and you'll be rendered invisible. There are two buttons on the right side of the toilet, kind of uh, a little bit behind where your back would be uh, to the right of that. And there's a green button on top and a red button on the bottom. There's also some sort of pressure gauge or something above that, some sort of meter that is currently at about the 1.30, 2 o'clock position on the super toilet. And after saying super toilet so many times, I'm surprised that, you know, I, I understand they probably wrote this one after all these super episodes, but it could definitely fit in as a super episode, super toilet. But it's not called that, it's called Total Recarl with the action flick name, and that leads us to some other film references here. Carl says, so it's sort of like that movie Predator, except for killing people, he's crapping. So Predator, also an Arnold Schwarzenegger film, this time from 1987. It's a sci-fi flick. I'm sure you're familiar with the Predator. They actually have Predator show up in Aquatina at some point, or something that looks like him at least. As of this recording, it looks like they are working on a prequel titled Prey that was supposed to come out this year in 2022 uh, in, in, in the Predator universe, so that'll be interesting. I don't think I've ever seen a Predator film. I've seen Alien, and I've seen Alien vs. Predator. I don't think I've seen a Predator film, so I'll have to check that out. But yeah, I mean, Predator, it's, it's uh, the super hunter creature, badass as hell. I, I wonder if they wanted to call it something about Predator, but Total Recall makes more sense because it's an easier play on words to Total Recall than Predator. Or the other film they mentioned, Hollow Man. Hollow Man is a 2000 sci-fi film starring Kevin Bacon, Elizabeth Shue, and Josh Brolin. And it's about a guy who gets turned invisible and he starts fucking around causing all sorts of issues. I should mention back to the Predator reference... In Predator, the creature could turn invisible while it was hunting. So that's that's the two references there. Carl says Predator, Frolic says Hollow Man. These are both films with invisible elements because they will be turning Carl invisible to take a dump. And I gotta say, I'd have to be turned invisible too because I wouldn't be able to go in public. I'm a shy pooper, wouldn't be able to do it. So with this kind of technology, maybe I could. So moving on to our next clip here. Yeah, Frylock has his arm out. He's like, yeah, try it out, Carl. Let's hear what Carl has to say. I don't need to go right now. Oh, that's cool. I mean, I'll wait. No, you won't. <laughs> oh, I get it. You want to be alone when you go to the... Oh, Carl, by the way, we also made you a little care package for your new adventure. Oh, boy, fiber tablets. <laughs> yum, yum. Oh, yeah, dip them in the stool softener. I mean, it's... It's delicious. There's espresso there, too, if you... Leave! <laughs> so that's Fry, like, just hovering. He's just watching because he's kind of running an experiment here. He needs to see how this all works out. So he's he really just wants Carl to go to the bathroom so Frylock can get his information that he needs. Frylock does give Carl a care package there, a care basket. And in that basket, we see some prunes. I suppose it could be a prune juice or a prune spread, maybe. Prunes known to make you uh, go number two there. Some fiber tablets, the, the fiber box... It, we see the pills in the front, and then it says fiber in green text, and then it says new on the top right, so this is some sort of new fiber tablet. We see a green thermos of what I assume is the espresso that Frylock mentions. We see a red bag of coffee grounds, or coffee beans maybe, it doesn't really specify, and then some sort of yellow box, but the, the front is turned away from us, so we can't entirely see what it is. And it is here that we get a discrepancy between the script and the visuals, because Frylock says dip the fiber tablets in the stool softener 
I don't really know where that stool softener is. It could be the yellow box, but I can't imagine that's something that you could dip anything in. It looks like it would just be more pills in there. So not entirely sure, but that's what's in the package, the basket. The basket itself, it is like a woven basket with a red ribbon up top and also a red cloth that is everything is sitting in. It's a really well put together basket. Looks nice. Pretty, pretty generous of Frylock to give this to Carl. However, we heard Carl yelling at Frylock to leave, so now we're going to cut inside Frylock's room and we will see him looking out the window with some binoculars spying on Carl waiting for him to go. We get some cuts to Carl outside, he's just devouring this basket, just eating everything, which is gross because the prunes would be good to eat, but the other things are just pills really, it doesn't really make sense why you're just sitting there eating them. Uh, maybe he's humoring Frylock, maybe he wants to go, but then he seems kind of surprised here in a few moments, so not really sure... Uh, why he's eating them other than to further the plot along. So let's cut to Frylock's room where he is getting annoyed that Carl has not gone poo yet. Hey, did he do number two yet? Damn, he drank all the coffee and half of those tablets. He still hadn't gone. Shoot, that boy's gonna poop himself inside out. He's gonna lift right off the ground. It's gonna be like the Hulk just ripping out the back of his pants. Shut up, Meatwad. Okay. <laughs> It's gonna smell like a paper mill, you know that, don't you? This continuing a trend we've seen with Frylock lately, where he just tells Meatwad to shut up, Meatwad kind of starts going on with these random stories. This one a bit more applicable than some of his other weird stories that he tells. But yeah, you heard Frylock just saying shut up, just point blank. He is not putting up with Meatwad as much this season as he did in season one. Not a whole lot else to say about that clip. Yeah, just Frylock getting annoyed because Carl won't go poo yet. He's eaten all the stuff in the basket almost at this point. Meatwad's gonna ask why they are even doing this. Why are we doing this? This seems sick. Well, the super toilet needs to be tested on humans before I can actually apply for a patent. Well, he ain't gonna poop in the yard. I mean, he'd go inside to do that. Not if his door is locked. <laughs> hey! God, I gotta go! <laughs> I just can't go, you know, when people watch me. I'm with Meatwad there. I, I wouldn't be able to go if people are watching me. But, but yeah, we heard Carl, his door is locked. Frylock locked Carl's door. So now that he actually has to go because he ate damn near everything in this basket... He is, he is jiggling the knob, it won't open. He's gonna have to figure something out. Before that though, Shake is gonna enter the scene and give us just a huge Aqua Teen moment. He is going to explain how they don't have a bathroom and that is really the running gag throughout the rest of the show. This being the first instance of Aqua Teen where they don't have a bathroom, but even earlier in this season they had a bathroom. We saw Meatwad in the shower. There are many references to them having a bathroom but now suddenly they don't have one anymore. And it just always interests me how people stick to this lore, this history of the show, even though all the season one episodes and some of the early season two episodes, which to me you'd think would be like the most popular, the most seen, the ones that people adhere to the most. People are very consistent on this, this aspect of the Aqua Teens that they don't have a bathroom. And again, that's mentioned right here, right now, because up until this point, they absolutely have had a bathroom. In Supercomputer in this season, for example, we were in Frylock's room, the, the supercomputer busted through the wall, and we saw Meatwad in the shower. We saw running water, so he must have been somewhere, you know? It's, it's, it's not like you could say, oh, well, they were always referring to this pile of clothes they're about to talk about. Not to my knowledge. They always insisted that they had a real functioning bathroom, and we had seen parts of it with the running water, at least, with, with Meatwad in the shower, but... From here on out, no bathroom. We don't need a toilet. The pile of clothes in the hallway has worked fine for us for years, and it will continue to work. I don't know whose clothes that is. Somebody ain't running out again, I'll tell you that. <laughs> That's so gross. So yeah, they just use a pile of clothes. Now, I guess I should specify here, because Shake explicitly said, 
they don't have a toilet. So it's possible they have that shower, but they don't have a toilet in that bathroom or that room where the shower is. However, you would definitely still pee in the shower. You would just, you know, go in there and pee down the drain. Why would you pee on some clothes in the hallway? That would stink. And I mean, look, I don't want to get explicit, but waffle stomp is a thing. I figured you'd do that over taking a dump in the hallway in some clothes. So yeah, just just craziness here and fun to see them introduce this idea, which is just so derelict and depraved. I'm not sure which I prefer. I like the joke here. It's a funny joke that they just, you know, go to the bathroom on a pile of clothes. But also, that's a little too extreme. I like when the Aqua Teens are a little bit more grounded in reality. But both universes, uh, the universe with the bathroom, the universe without it, I like. We cut back outside to Carl. He's trying to figure out how to make the toilet invisible and, and make himself invisible, too. He can't find it. Desperate times call for desperate measures. He's got to go now. Where's the invisible thing? Ah, screw it. I got to do this. Oh, oh, shut up. He's about to sit down. <laughs> let me see. Let me see. I don't want to see that. <laughs> Nobody wants to see that. What are you trying to do? Kill me? I thought you was going to make him invisible when he does it. Hell no. I can't afford to do that. <laughs> that has been burned into my retinas. Look, we'll be cool as long as the police don't drive by. Put down the phone, Shake. What? I was cleaning. The dial! Very dirty. <laughs> so we see Carl. He's just sitting on the toilet reading a newspaper. Somehow he got a newspaper. No idea where that came from. I suppose he's outside, so he could have just picked it up off the lawn or something. But yeah, this scene is the scene I am turning into a sticker. Again, you know, I mean, you heard me at the beginning. Enter that giveaway. Why not? It's free. Carl reading that newspaper. It just says newspaper in big font at the top. And then we just see some squiggles for words. No uh, Easter eggs here. No funny titles. Like in the previous episode where we covered a newspaper, I believe that was Super Spore with Frylock reading the newspaper, or maybe or maybe Super Sirloin, I can't quite remember. Frylock reveals that they can't actually turn Carl invisible, that was just a lie, but Carl just doesn't care. He had to go, it didn't matter if he was visible or not. He's out there in full view of everyone, and Shake, there, we get a little joke there if he's going to call the cops on Frylock, basically, and on Carl, but you know, Frylock's the one who set this up. So from there, we get a little schoolie D cut, which is fun. Before that, though, we have Carl sitting there looking at some bras in the newspaper, and then a, a school bus is going to drive by, and we hear some kids laughing. So let's give all of that a listen. Look at them bras. <laughs> Man, I ain't trying to watch Carl take no Chris nap, baby. I ain't trying to watch Carl take no Chris nap. That's right. He's out there, again, in full view. I mean, now he's he could be a sex offender with those kids driving by and seeing that. Anyways, that school bus, the same school bus from the Bus of the Undead episode, the same exact asset. I checked it myself just to make sure. Anyways, let's hear what the Aqua Teens got to say about all this, because this is Frylock's big moment, his moment, Carl's movement. He's just sitting there reading with his pants down. Naked, I might add. And for God's sake, burn those moles off, will you? <laughs> you realize that every time someone... Yes, I know. Three gallons. Three <laughs> gallons. hoop de damn do. Shut up, I said that first and you copied You did not. I did too. Do, to do. See, I did it again. I'm pretty good. Shut up, you're ruining my moment. Yeah, your moment. His movement. <laughs> I got a book coming out. So that's Meatwad and Shake being goofy guys, just, you know, making the scene last a little bit longer until we see Carl... He's got to flush that toilet. So yeah, I guess Carl likes to read the paper while he's on the toilet. I like to go on my phone. I feel like that's what most people do. Play some Wordle. It's a good time. Better than the newspaper. Moving on to our next clip here. Carl, he's got to figure out how to flush the toilet. And this will be our turning point in the episode. This is when the episode picks up. This is when things actually start happening. Carl, he, he moves the lever on the super toilet. It turns on. It engages. But 
it's too powerful. It sucks Carl in and it just obliterates his entire body, leaving just his head floating in the super toilets. I'm going to mention now because I don't want to forget over on the Dancing is Forbidden Instagram at Aqua Teen Pod. I will be posting a lot of the concept art from this episode there. So we see the concept art for the super toilet for Carl getting sucked in and for all the crazy designs coming up next in the episode. So make sure you check out the Instagram page. I'll put these up before this episode goes live so that they'll be there when you want to check it out. But all right, let's head over to this clip now. The big cataclysmic moment in this episode, Carl flushing the toilet. Okay, that wasn't too bad. There's a friggin' flush on this thing. Oh, <laughs> oh man. This, this drawing, this animation, just incredibly detailed. They spent a lot of time on it, you can tell, of Carl. First of all, we see his clothes flapping in the wind because it's all being sucked into the toilet. And then, you know, we see his hair as well flying in this, in this slipstream here. And then from there, just this incredible animation of just his whole body getting sucked in. We see his hand trying to grab onto the side, that getting sucked in as well. It's really detailed and, and more detailed probably than any other animation on the show. Beyond that, we see a bunch of blood and stuff squirting out the back of the, the toilet too, where it's supposed to be, you know, destroying the waste and, and throwing it out. It, uh, yeah, it's Carl's, his organs, his, everything, all just coming out as a spray of blood. Funnily enough, we don't actually see the, the waste itself ever go out, at least that I could tell. Carl turns it on and there's nothing coming out until he gets sucked in. So, you know, obviously I think it'd be a little too far for them to show that back in 2003 if there was like poo flying out the back or at least uh, liquidized or whatever. But yeah, we don't see that, but we definitely see the blood coming out. And I gotta tell you, over on Reddit, seven years ago, Dave Willis did an AMA where he revealed that this death of Carl was his favorite Carl death. So user learn to swim says this, or rather asks, what's your favorite punishment slash mishap to happen to Carl? I loved when he was forced to play the recorder and dance in season five, episode six. Dave Willis comes in with this. Oddly, my least favorite. I liked when he was ripped to shreds inside a nuclear toilet and replaced with eyeballs. So that, yeah, this, this is one of Dave Willis's favorite episodes, I assume, because this is his favorite uh, punishment or, or death of Carl, the, his, his favorite mistreatment of Carl. Back to our clips, though, the Aqua Teen saw the entire death of Carl, Dave Willis's favorite death of Carl. They're all standing out on their stoop and they witnessed it. Let's hear how they react. Oh, this on. Gentlemen, we have the technology. So you heard Carl's head floating in the toilet. That was the water sound. So I guess, is there water in it now? I don't really know. You would assume there wouldn't be water, uh, but maybe there is. I don't know. Best not to delve too far into this toilet here. But yeah, that's Carl's head floating in what sounds like water. The Aqua Teens are at that point surrounding the super toilet. Meatwad declares that they can rebuild him. They have the technology. This being based on the opening quote from... The show, The Six Million Dollar Man, which has Oscar Goldman, the character, saying, Gentlemen, we can rebuild him. We have the technology. We have the capability to make the world's first bionic man. So this episode packed full of references to other media, something that we're used to Aqua Teen doing. They, they drop movie references all the time. This episode feels like they're doing it more than other episodes lately, but that's all right. I love when they do it. It was... It's always fun to look into it, and if you actually know the media, then it's, you know, it's, it's a, little, a little wink, a little nod to you. 
But this meatwad quote, it's not just nothingness, it's not just silliness, it actually leads us to a bigger joke, and that is we cut to the next scene where we see Carl's head bungeed to a tree, and his clothes are kind of laid out on the tree, his his wife beater shirt and his sweatpants and everything, meatwad lays all that out. And yeah, Carl obviously not rebuilt whatsoever. His head is literally just bungeed to a tree and Meatwad will will put his hand on Carl's chin and move his mouth up and down and, and speak for him. We have Shake over in Carl's pool floating in the green dinosaur floaty with some beer cans in the pool, some beer cans strewn around the pool as well. They're just partying it up at Carl's expense using his pool, I assume drinking his beer. And I want to point out this is our first time visiting Carl's pool since season two, episode seven, Super Sirloin. At the end, we have Frylock floating in the pool. I mean, that kind of counts because his goatee is in the pool. He's, he's not actually fully in the pool like he is in the beginning of season one, where he will actually go in the pool. Here, he's just kind of, uh, you know, hovering in Super Sirloin. But yeah, we have Shake in Carl's pool. This is really our first time seeing the pool in about five episodes. And remember, the reason I bring this up, and it's a big deal that this is the case here, is because in season one, they were constantly in Carl's pool, and damn near every episode ended in Carl's pool, and now we're just not seeing it as much as we used to. So again, to set up the scene, we have Carl's head bungeed to a tree, which is just a great joke. We're missing the the timing with this podcast format because we're cutting the episode up, but... Meatwad says we can rebuild him, and then we just have Carl's head bungee to a tree, shakes in Carl's pool, making a big mess of beer cans. Let's head into the scene and listen. And here you go, Carl. You may feel a little stiff, Mr. Moore, but that'd be natural. Hey, just while we're on the subject, can I use your pool? Yes, Meatwad, you may. Okay, thank you. So there's the head. Meatwad, I've been looking all over for that thing. Oh, don't act like it's yours. It's Carl's head. And he's been using it to tell me I can go swimming and, and uh, hey, can I drink some beer? Help yourself, it's in the back. And drink his beer. You know what, Carol? I thank you, and I will take you up on your generous offer and have some of your beer. She can't have any. You tell him, Carl. <laughs> Look, this head can't stay unattached from Carl's body for too long. Look, he's attached. It ain't going nowhere. It's bungee to the tree. Shut the <laughs> f*** up, Shake. You know what I mean. So that's, that's Fry like dropping an F-bomb. It's just beeped out. Something I haven't really addressed is that, for example, in in Super Bowl, when Shake is cursing in that episode, there's like sound effects over it, like a honking horn, all sorts of sounds. And they've kind of reverted back to just the the classic beep, but they will go back to sound effects later. So I haven't done a great job of documenting all that, but we've definitely been in the beep territory for a while since Super Bowl. And to get technical here for a second, since these audio files are 5.1 surround sound, I was wondering where the beep was located, if it was actually in the vocal channel or if it was considered a special effect in the special effect channel, and it's actually in the vocal delivery channel. So some technical stuff there, but if you're interested in that side of things, I found it kind of interesting because I was wondering, hey, which channel are they putting these in? But it's the vocal channel. Something visual, first of all, I need to point out is Carl's expression in his eyes, unlike anything we've seen. We can see there's something clearly wrong with him. Even if you didn't see his head cut off and and put onto a tree, there's something wrong with him because his eyes are just drooped. He looks so non-despondent. They did a great job making him look just dead, I guess he technically is at this point. And another visual thing I want to point out is look at the beer cans on the ground in front of the pool. They are much smaller than the beer cans in the pool with Shake. And you would think because the, the beer cans on the ground are technically closer to, the, to where the camera should be, that they would be bigger, but they're not. They're much smaller, and you can tell they just had to scale them up by shake because it would look weird if they were that small next to shake, even though the ones that are the small ones should be bigger. 
based on the perspective of them. So always fun to see, you know, how they scale these props and stuff like that to get them to look like they belong in the world that they are in. Because again, if they use that smaller can size next to Shake, it's like, well, that would look like a tiny little can next to his big hands. So they had to scale them up around Shake. But all right, we have Frylock stepping in and say, no, I got to take this head because he'll legitimately just die. We won't be able to bring him back at all if it's detached from the body for too long and detached from any sort of nutrient source. And Shake and Meatwad are like, nah, he's fine. But Frylock said, shut the fuck up. And now in our next clip here, we're going to cut to Carl's head in Frylock's room. It is hooked up to all sorts of things. First of all, we have a car battery, a, a decrepit looking car battery. It looks pretty old and banged up. That is connected to Carl's skin. Like, there are jumper cables going from the battery to the skin. The cables are, are an interesting orange color. And, yeah, I guess that's just supply. I'm not, I'm not really sure, like, why that is. It doesn't really make sense to me. Maybe it's just supplying the power. But there's, like, a thousand other things hooked up, too. We have Carl's head is inside of some sort of special base that has a bunch of uh, nicely colored wires going from the computer monitor to Carl. There is bright green, purple, red, blue, all sorts of colors, you know. And we see some text on the computer screen. It's all numbers. We'll get back to that, though. Otherwise, yeah, Carl's head is up in this platform. Fun fact, and something I didn't notice until now, this platform clearly reused from the supercomputer episode. This was the thing that held up the supercomputer. We can see they ditched the little pincers that held up the supercomputer and replaced it with a, a, a cylinder-type thing that Carl's head is in with all these wires coming out of it. So that platform that held the supercomputer, it was on these giant blades too, like that was the, the stand apparatus. It, it's there in the shot, it's just a little bit more obscured because they have all these wires hanging down and the car battery blocking it. So unless you're really looking, you, you might not notice that this is the same asset from that episode. And we get some concept art there, of course that will be on the Instagram page, where we see the initial design seemed to be his head just on the floor hooked up to all this stuff. And then in the next drawing we get, it's more in line of what we see in the episode, and I think that's because they realized they could just reuse assets instead of making this entire rig from, from scratch, so I think that's kind of what happened there. You get a clear shot from behind too, because we will see Carl from the front, and then it'll show us from the back. And an interesting thing to point out here is that if you look below Carl's head, you'll see a part of his back. And that doesn't make sense, because in before it was literally just his head, now we see part of his back and back hair and stuff sticking out from the uh, device he is hooked up to. So kind of funny there that they didn't completely crop the head out, because they didn't have a, a, an asset of really just the head. All they can do is cut it out from his body, and the asset they had to work with from behind had his back in it, so there's really nothing they can do about that. Just funny to see suddenly his back is in the shot when it doesn't really make sense that it is. And we get a discrepancy too with all the colorful wires hooked up to him. In the first shot we get, we see the wires going straight to the monitor, at least behind the monitor. I'm not saying necessarily they were hooked up to it, I guess. But they definitely go behind it. Well, in the shot from behind, they are way lower. So, that, you know, some, some discrepancy there of how they draw these wires, but that's all right. These colorful wires, I can't actually see where they're plugged into. They are just ran quite far, it looks like, into something. We'll see if we can spot it later on in the episode. So I think that's all the setup we need. In this short clip coming up, Meatwad will reference some F-bombs that is on the computer monitor. We will discuss that after the clip, but yeah, we can see some of what Carl is thinking. So let's hear this whole scene play out. What you saying here? I'm keeping his head alive with electrical impulses, and the computer is able to translate his brain output into text. Really? Or is that enough? He's dropping F-bombs over <laughs> here. Don't look over here, Meatwad. These are just words you don't need to learn. So that is Frylock covering... 
the computer monitor. And when I was a kid, I remember going back to this and and trying to pause and pause and pause and get a clear shot of the computer monitor now as an adult with, you know, the file in my computer. Much easier to do than sitting there with a remote that probably, you know, there's a lag, there's a delay. It takes maybe one or two seconds to actually pause it when you press the button. Now I can see clear as day what the text says. And there actually are F-bombs. On the screen, we can see this. Oh man, I swear to fucking God, Fryman, I'm so fucking pissed right now. Oh, and by the way, I hope you enjoy eating your own shit because I'm about to rip your motherfucking throat out and shove it so far up your ass that you have to fart to fucking breathe, fucker. So that's what's on the screen there. Uh, Frylock is always kind of obscuring it at certain points, but you can piece together what it says. I just read this off the wiki. I assume it to be correct. Now, something interesting here is, according to the Aqua Teen fandom wiki, in recent Adult Swim reruns, Carl's brain input is censored. Motherfucking is changed to mother loving. And then as of July 2020, Carl's rant is censored and slightly altered on the streaming platform HBO Max. The following is the full modified rant. Oh man, I swear to bagling God, fry man, I'm so bagly pissed right now. Oh, and by the way, I hope you enjoy eating your own James B because I'm about to rip your mother loving throat out and shove it so far up your gym that you have to fart to bagly breathe fornicator. So yeah, those are the the changes over on HBO Max, which I know there's one guy like, ah, oh, fucking cancel culture. You changed the text that I couldn't see. But to me, it is interesting that they did change that because you can't really see it. And, you know, I'm sure that there isn't there nudity on HBO Max and stuff. I don't understand why they can't show that. Um, you know, I, I doubt it was HBO Max themselves that changed it. I'm sure it was Adult Swim or whoever handles these these streaming packages or, or whatnot. You know, obviously this stuff is a lot more complicated than it's typically made out to be. But the thing I am left wondering is who was responsible for this, the edit of the text or, or the alteration of the text? Who did that? For example, it says, oh man, I swear to bagling God. What is bagling supposed to mean? Uh, I'm bagly pissed. What is that supposed to mean? Uh, eating your own James B. Who is James B? He's going to shove it so far up your gym. Who, who is Jim supposed to be? So really makes you wonder. And this is definitely on my list of questions for Dave Willis and Matt Malero. Were they, did they get contacted to change this? Was this completely out of their hands in terms of like what things were changed to? No idea. But I'll ask Dave when I get the chance or, or Matt. But it seems like Dave does more uh, podcasts. Back on track here, though, yeah, Meatwad sees some of the F-bombs, and he gets kind of uh, fixated on that for the rest of the episode, and like I said, I just remember being a kid, trying to freeze, and I'm like, oh, did it really say bad words? And there was just so much payoff when I, I could make it out, and I, I was probably watching it on our on our old TV, which was a uh, tube television, you know, not, not as clear as modern day monitors, so it was probably all fuzzy and stuff, but I remember just being so happy when I saw that. In the next clip now, Meatwad is going to start saying fart, he thinks that's an F-bomb, and then Shake is outside... He is driving a bulldozer. We don't quite know why yet, but we see he is. And that is a lot of the background noise. You'll hear some machinery. That's Shake driving a bulldozer. And I love it because he just chimes into the scene. He's not not only the fact is he outside with the door closed, but he's driving this loud machinery and he can still hear what they're talking about inside. And he chimes in. That's some of the stuff I love about this show when the characters just always know what's going on, regardless of if it physically makes sense that they do or not. But yeah, Shake will chime in and say, oh, that's, not a, that's not an F-bomb. And before we jump into the clip, I want to point out if you see shakes bulldozer you'll notice that the tread on it the the mechanism by which it will move is not moving it's just a stationary bulldozer asset that they are just you know sliding along the frame to make it look like he's driving it very funny so let's jump into that quick f-bomb scene 
I'm gonna start dropping F bombs. Listen to this. Fart, ooh, fart it. That's not how F bombs are dropped, you idiot. <laughs> oh, come on, Shane. Oh, the fart it is, farter. Fart all y'all. Y'all go fart yourself. This is a scene, something I loved a lot as a kid, too. Just hearing Meatwad say fart over and over again. I thought it was very silly. And guess what? I still do. In that clip, it sounds like Shake says idiot. Here, I'll play it again. You idiot. Oh. On HBO Max, it is subtitled as idiot, but then other subtitles of this I have say idiot. So who knows? I, you know, I assume I, I've contacted Dana Snyder before about mispronouncing things. He says that it's unlikely that something would be mispronounced. So it probably just said idiot. It's probably just, uh, you know, Shake trying to be cool or something. That was the idea behind that. We get some context in that scene as for what Shake is up to because Frylock says, oh no, Shake. So we know that Shake is doing something for Frylock. And in our next clip, we will see what he is doing because we will finally see a full shot of the full bulldozer and we will see the front uh, cupping device that you would use to scoop stuff. I have no idea what this is called, but in its grasp is a bunch of dirt and then a coffin. So Shake was getting a dead body for Frylock. Let's give it a listen. Hey, Chief, where do you want this? You drove that thing through town. It's cool. I stayed on the shoulder the whole way. Well, at least bring it through the back, damn. Go, you heard him. Bring it through the front and back. <laughs> damn it, Shake. You said the back. What is this, the front now? That is Shake just literally just demolishing the whole back wall of Frylock's room to deliver this coffin. And yeah, they acknowledge that there's a way to bring it through the back. Obviously, we never see them go through the back. A little detail of what Shake has picked up with the bulldozer, though, with the scooping thingamajigger. Uh, there is a gravestone in it that says R.I.P. and then what looks like M. And then I can't really make out the rest. There's an A in there somewhere. I can't really make out what it says. To me, it looks like M-A-A-1. Um, I don't know. It's just kind of scribbly and kind of hastily drawn on it looks like so you're not really supposed to see what it says but yeah he's got the gravestone as well he drove it through town and now he's delivering it in the back by just breaking the wall which we actually get some great continuity here because throughout the rest of these scenes if you look to the right of frylock's computer you will notice that it looks like they they freshly just drywalled it up so so we actually see that they made a change to frylock's room for this there's some drywall pattern in the background Looks like they just did it up real quick. And it's a nice touch that I wouldn't really expect. They could have totally just had the wall be back to normal and nobody would have thought anything about it, but they didn't do that. And to clarify, it isn't like the Powerpuff Mall eventually. They do patch up the rabbit hole and you can see it, you know, like the outline. This is like the entire wall is just kind of redone here in this drywall pattern. So, all right, now we cut, we're, you know, we're still in Frylock's room, but it's some time later, and we see Carl's head, but we see it's on a body, and it seems to be the body of a dead black person. He is wearing a fancy suit top, but then he has on no pants for some reason, it's just his underwear. They are some whitey tighties, and to describe the suit uh, in more detail, it's like a pinstriped maroon and white suit top. And then underneath is a white shirt with a uh, green and kind of orange yellow tie. And then he's wearing a gold medallion too, some sort of fancy chain with a big medallion on it. And yeah, obviously just comical here because this the body shape doesn't fit Carl at all. But also just being just being a black gentleman with a, a white guy's head on top is is a silly sight too. Because you know, shake you know he could have tried to find something that maybe would have fit a little better if this was going to be Carl's forever body. Last but not least, we can see his hairy legs because, again, 
He uh, has no pants on. The hands seem a little bigger than they should, at least in proportion to the legs. Maybe this guy had some sort of medical issue. Who knows? And he is wearing black and white shoes. They are fancy shoes, kind of like dancing shoes with black socks on. So that is the visual element. Just totally absurd. Again, seeing Carl's head on this skinny black body when Carl's (laughs) a fat white guy. Very funny. Let's give it a listen. Also, oh, uh, before we jump into it, though, I want to say that that there's a, a comic element here of Shake looking at all this, and his his jaw is just dropped, his mouth is wide open, and he is just in shock looking at this this creation that Frylock has made. So let's listen to it. All the nerves are connected. I think we're ready. Carl, can you hear me? <laughs> what, what, what happened there? What? Well, we <laughs> don't know. We're just glad you're all right. I mean, you don't remember what happened. Do you? I remember some things. i just not uh, too clear on being so old and black. <laughs> Why am I black? And where did I get this suit? It's ridiculous. This is not a time for you to be picky, Carl. That's all you can get when you go to the West End. Get it off! Rip it off! What am I doing? Oh, God! Oh, no. Ah! The body's rejecting ah! the head. Oh, you think? Get it off me! Hang on. Mm. So that is Frylock jabbing a syringe into the neck of the cadaver with Carl's head on it. The syringe filled with a green liquid. And I love that Shake is all shocked at first. And then he he gets back to normal once Carl starts criticizing the body. He's like, hey, man, that's the best I could find. So that kind of snaps him out of being so shocked. But as you hear, the body rejects the head, which this is a very uh, literal sense. Because usually, let's say your body rejects a donor organ. Your body will attack it with your immune system, not literally, like, punching and pulling and stuff. It's a literal rejection. Uh, I think it'd be a little bit more subtle than this if it really was rejecting the head, but that's what happens. Very funny. But again, Frylock just just injects Carl, puts him back to sleep, and he is about to chainsaw the head off so he can get the head off the body now because it's sewn on, and they'll have to figure something else out. So did it work? (laughs) Of course it worked! No, it didn't. (laughs) Of course it worked! Not at all, which is what I was trying to say before I was so rudely interrupted. Take this body back, and not through town. So, interesting touch here. So, Frylock cuts off Carl's head, and now we see it's all jagged and just clearly cut out in Photoshop or something. You see the transparency between it. It's Honestly, it just looks really cheap and, and bad. I mean, obviously, it's Aquatine, but I'm surprised that they just didn't revert back to the normal head they had before that was cut off. This one, they decided to make it look jagged, but not in a realistic way. It just looks like some fan cut it out real quick or something. But but yeah, that's what happens. And in th- these last two clips, you'll get a lot of just great shots of Frylock's wall being all drywalled up and white instead of the normal light pink color that it usually is. So, all right, now we know some time has passed because Shake is coming in from outside with the mail. It's mail time, baby. Let's check it out. Mail call! Frylock, letter for you. Meatwad. Get a light. <laughs> the rest for me. Oh, good. The Passaic Organ Bank. Ah, uh, yeah, I dealt with these yakos directly. Dr. Frylock, while we appreciate your interest in body construction research, we cannot legally send you a quote-unquote buttload of organs, <laughs> regardless on whether we plan on using them? I didn't say buttload. <laughs> I said assload. <laughs> Bureaucrats. To think I was polite with these people, that's the worst part. So we get a really, really funny visual element here where we have Shake coming in with the mail. He's got a, a few envelopes in his hand. He he hands the one to Frylock from the Passaic Organ Bank. Then he goes to pretend to give one to Meatwad. Meatwad's all excited. He reaches his hand out. Meatwad's sitting in the green chair. And then... 
Shake just flips his the mail from one hand that he looks like he's handing it to Meatwad into his other hand. He's like, Meatwad, get a life. And he walks away. One of my favorite Aqua Teen moments. Really appreciate that. Poor Meatwad gets no mail at all. So Frylock says Passaic, Oregon Bank. Passaic is a city in New Jersey as well as a county in New Jersey. So does that mean that they live in Passaic County? Googling it here, it looks like Passaic is not on the Jersey Shore, which is where, it, you know, you would expect the Aquatines to live because of Dr. Weird's creations interacting with them. Um, yeah, just not really sure here. My thought was that maybe Passaic County was like the largest county in New Jersey, but looking up on NewJerseyDemographics.com, I can sort the counties by population. Passaic County is only the ninth largest county in the state, uh, with 502,000 people there as opposed to the number one which is bergen county with almost a million people in that county so almost twice as big so the possibility here is that shake and frylock or maybe just shake because we know that shake's the one who dealt with passaic but maybe they were reaching out to all of the counties the oregon banks and passaic was just the only one to actually respond so that's a possibility there who really knows of course i have to mention in season three episode three moon and nights three remooned we do see Carl's driver's license, which states that he lives at the Jersey Shore. So, I mean, again, you know, it seems like they do live at Jersey Shore, but just an interesting tidbit because who knows what they were really thinking in these earlier episodes. But all right, back to our scene, though, uh, just to recap on what we touched on. Frylock got rejected by the Passaic Oregon Bank and just some great dialogue there. I'm not going to rehash it, but moving on, somebody did respond. What's that big old box outside? Yes, someone did respond. Ooh, it's soggy. Where the fart is it from? <laughs> we got us some medical waste.com. So we got us some medical waste.com did respond. We see a giant box outside and it's all soaked through. It's really disgusting just thinking about it. A box of organs and stuff just, just soaked through a cardboard box that's all liquidy, really gross. And I love the running joke here of Meatwad just putting fart into everything because he thinks that's an F-bomb. So, bucker down because we have a lot to talk about in terms of we got us some medicalwaste.com. Currently, if you go there, nothing there. It's dead. I looked up, I'm like, all right, you know, I assume Adult Swim owns this. They just took down the hosting on whatever was there, but they still own the domain. That is not the case. In 2018, somebody else bought the domain and I don't know why. It's kind of strange when I go on the Wayback Machine. Like I said, currently there's nothing there, but in 2018, it was purchased, and it looks like the website is just like AI generated. The only thing I can really see the common thread of is that it, it links to a lot of Australian websites, but it's just like totally bizarre. I can't even describe it. It's just a website with like a blog format, and all the posts are just really random and weird. It's, it's just kind of creepy. For example, in 2018, it says Inside Scoop, Inside spelled N-S-I-D-E, Inside Scoop. How to locate a local qualified painter to your house or workplace. And there's a whole article there. And then the next article is turn into an authorized pharmacy technician. Totally random. Next one is yoga for newbies. Have you been a yoga learn? You could possibly presently be one particular. It's just nonsense. It's Some of it isn't even proper English. Seems like it's all AI generated. Really creepy. Um, I could follow it throughout the years and like they post new stuff to it, but I just assume this is all just automated. I don't know what's going on here. They still have the domain, even though they are currently not using it. But the main thing we're going to talk about here is not this, not the, the creepiness going on with it, which is a bummer that somebody bought this and then aren't even using it anymore. 
the point is when this episode debuted this was a website hosted by people involved with the show link to this in the show notes if you would like to see it for yourself i'm going to describe some stuff i'm not going to read you the entire website but it's really quite humorous and you can see they put a lot of time into it so the website the full title is we got us some medical waste then a bunch of dots like dot 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 y'all come on in exclamation mark and then at the top, we see that the Jesus fish, uh, and then it says, we got us to medicalwaste.com. Our mission statement, ain't nothing finer than intestinal liner. We see a picture of Dave Willis and who I think is Nick Inkatanawat. Of course, you know, I'm not super familiar with him, but we did talk about him in the Universal Remonster episode, and we see him in the behind the scenes shots helping with the puppetry, but he did all sorts of stuff on Aqua Teen, on Space Ghost, definitely ran with the crew. So we see, yeah, Dave Willis and Nick, they're both looking very silly in the picture, trying to look kind of dumb. And then we see a, a yellow star in the center of the page. It says, no parts will be unsold over the star. And then we just see pictures of organs. Some of them are cut out, and like, you know, a PNG of a cutout organ. Some of them are like a full picture. And for example, there's a brain and there's there's like flavor text for everything. For the brain, it says, if you shop anywhere else, you must need one for yourself. These here is good and moist. Order now, $12. And then for example, there's a bag of syringes. It says bag of syringes. We'll bag up a bushel and throw in a couple for free. Order now, $3.89 special. And... There are some lungs. One looks like a healthy one. One is a black, gross uh, smoker's lung, I assume. It says, every color of the rainbow, pink to black, two for one special on Thursday next. Order now, $7 each. So gross. So yeah, there's a few more things. I'm not going to read every single one. On the bottom, it says committed to excellence in like a nice fancy font. Under that, it says, don't be sending, not sending, but sending no funny credit cards neither, or Tater will personally come whop you upside the head with a two by four. So that's this website. They really, you know, made something funny here, something that was up for over 10 years. The last log of it on the archive.org website is around September of 2014. After that, it goes offline, I assume, until the domain is bought in 2018 by whatever strange uh, company and, and using it for whatever purposes they want. But yeah, just sad that this website is no longer online. I'd love to get the domain and host it back myself, but you know, who knows if that'll happen. I tried to see if I could uh, offer, give them a, a monetary offer for the domain name, but you have to start at like $500. I don't got that kind of money. Maybe we'll do a GoFundMe or something. Who knows? But yeah, that's the website. They actually made it. Link in the show notes if you'd like to see it. Something of note though is on this website, there are no eyeballs. Uh, perhaps that's because they sold them all to Frylock in this episode. Uh, we'll see. Although I should mention, there is a kind of a bit I, I, I forgot to read for you. Also, I, I should say too, sorry. The, the background is a blue camouflage kind of pattern, but there's some text up top that I'll read because it does mention eyeballs. Hey, looky here. Don't be asking where it comes from. Don't matter know-how. What matters is we got it and we'll send it your way for what we like to call a finder's fee. You ain't gonna find this stuff nowhere else. Also, our customer service cannot be beat. Lungs, eyeballs, arms, intestines, feet, plenty of feet. So yeah, uh, they do mention eyeballs in that text up top. But yeah, we can assume the guy's getting getting the organs, the, the, the finders that you are paying the finders fee to are Dave Willis and Nick Ingatanawat. Very silly. Check it out. 
Back to Aqua Teen, though. So Frylock got all the organs. Someone finally responded, and from there we cut, and we see a body just crafted from eyeballs with Carl's head on top. Just an insane sight. Returning us to the body horror theme that we were exploring a lot in Season 2, but it kind of let off for a while, but now, I mean, we're back into it full force with all this stuff that they're doing to Carl. So let's hear the Aqua Teens prepare Carl and his new eyeball body. You call this organic? Well, you look in the box. <laughs> All they sent were eyeballs. I'm not going near that box. <laughs> Let's just see if it works. Wait a minute. Before you turn them on, do you think you'll be able to see us? In ways you can only imagine. But look, I mean, is he going to be able to chase us? Because if I woke up looking like that... I would just run towards the nearest living thing and kill it. Frylock's wall now fully repaired and the paint job on it is, you know, the, the light pink color. So they fixed it from the drywalled version that we saw after Shake busted through. Also, if you're watching this, check Frylock's desk behind his computer during this scene because we get a wide shot of behind his desk, which they didn't really intend for that to happen because we see all of the wires just abruptly end. We don't, like, they don't go anywhere. They're just kind of there because the way it was drawn, you weren't supposed to see that far, but we see that far and it's, it's pretty blatant and it's really funny to see. So they are powering Carl up and Shake gives us some foreshadowing because he says, oh, I, if I woke up looking like that, I'd run towards the nearest living thing and kill it or something along those lines. And that's basically what Carl is going to do soon. But Carl isn't turned on quite yet. We're going to get a little uh, side joke here with Meatwad. He's going to roll out of the box covered in eyeballs. Let's give it a listen. Hey, y'all check me out. I'm so awesome. Put those back. <laughs> They're not for you. Yeah, that's a good one. What the hell are you talking about? Well, he was a horror boy, and, you know, there was private eyes. Plus, he had, like, ten eyes in his head. <laughs> okay, I'll give it to you. <laughs> so just some silliness here. We have Meatwad referencing Sean Cassidy, an actor who portrayed Joe Hardy in the 1977 Hardy Boys Nancy Drew Mysteries TV show. And then just absolute nonsense and absurdity when when so P Miwad's like yeah he he was a private eye which like you think that's what he's referencing and then he says and he had like 10 eyes in his head which is absolutely not true but upon hearing that shake is like all right i'll give it to you so just yeah i i love this bit and it will pay off soon enough so moving away from that little detour carl is now awake let's hear how it goes hello is anyone here why do my knees feel like they want to tear up? Carl, it works. What works? All of them. Look. Get it when I say look. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just walk over here, Carl. Let's see if your legs work. You got to study me like a pupil. Like a pupil. <laughs> okay, hang on a sec. Ah! Oh, that hurts so bad. Oh, don't worry about that, Carl. Uh, right now, your feet are made of eyeballs, but they'll toughen up over time. May I see a mirror, please? Carl in immense pain, and he wants to see what he looks like. I cut it here because this clip goes on for quite a while. But yes, Carl in pain, and Shake is about to hold a pink mirror up to Carl so that he can look at himself, and he kind of freaks out. But we also get the return of the Sean Cassidy joke. Now Shake is going to lift it. Shake is going to steal it and try and pass it off as his own, which is hilarious. Because he tried to do that earlier in the episode with Meatwad, and he's doing it again. So lots of running gags in this episode that we really don't get a lot in the show. Of course, there are running gags between episodes, but this is really like an episode-specific gag of Shake always trying to steal Meatwad's jokes. 
So let's check it out. All right, here you go, Sean Cassidy. Gross. What are you, an idiot? You never heard of Sean Cassidy? <laughs> oh, uh, that explains the breeze I've been feeling in my thighs. Well, we'll craft some synthetic lids, and then you'll be able to walk around normally. Oh, why do that? Why don't we just blow my brains out now and save yourself some time? Look, Carl, this is going to hurt, but try to take another step towards me, okay? Oh, believe me, I will. I'm coming for you. Funny when you see Carl talk. There's this line that moves underneath his chin, really, which is supposed to be like a part of his body. But since they cut his body out, they couldn't remove that, I guess. So you see just this weird movement over the eyeballs that makes no sense. But yeah, that's Carl freaking out when he sees himself. You have Shake only caring about if his stolen joke lands or not. And speaking of running gags between episodes, we get Shake throwing down the mirror and it explodes. So you'll hear, you heard a little explosion in that last clip. But yeah, Frylock's like, it's all right, we'll, we'll, we'll craft some synthetic lids, which is like a funny kind of uh, fix for this. You think that if they're going to craft synthetic anything, it would be not lids. They could just give him like a skin or something at least. And in this next clip now, Carl, he, he's going aggressive. He is fulfilling Shake's prophecy. He is going to go up to Frylock and start squeezing him until Meatwad will unplug him. Give me a hug, fry man. Let's cut it tight. I'm gonna hug the breath right out of you. Meatwad, unplug him. Okay, plan C. That's Meatwad still with all the eyeballs in his head. Yeah, not, not a whole lot to say there. Just, just Carl walking. Every step is pure agony. You heard him screaming upon every step. He gets Frylock in his grasp. And I'm surprised Frylock didn't just like fly away quicker. Frylock just slowly is backing up while Carl is coming towards him. Carl not moving fast at all. But maybe he was just in shock or something. Who knows? Just a little weird. But don't worry. Meatwad's got it taken care of. He unplugged Carl. Carl just instantly passing out because I guess this whole rig, this whole setup needs some sort of energy source. Anyways, moving from there, we're going to plan C. And that is basically a giant metal suit that they are going to put Carl's head in, and it's got a plasma gun, it's got all sorts of missile launchers and stuff on it, it just looks a little excessive with all the, the weapons it has grafted to it. And my initial thought is, oh, did they take this from some other show? But we can see some concept art of this without as many missile launchers, or really without any, but we can see they had the idea for it written on the sheet, so we see some uh, a, a sketch similar to this, so I assume this was made for the show. But yes, let's listen to the reveal of this, and then a rather logical interjection from Shake. I give you the ultimate in military hardware, complete with laser cannon, indestructible titanium exoskeleton, and motion-activated plasma pulse rifles. And you're gonna plug him in? <laughs> you're right. Damn, what the hell was I thinking? Fudge. That's not an F-bomb. Fudge you. So, <laughs> we get Meatwad still going with, with the F-bomb stuff here. He thinks it's fudge now instead of fart. And yeah, this is like an instance of Shake being way smarter than Frylock. Literally, what was Frylock thinking? Carl literally just tried to kill Frylock when Carl was just in a in a body of made of eyeballs. Now he's gonna put him into a weapon and to, and, to, and plug him in. He's, he he would explode the whole house and kill all of them. It would be a complete disaster. Luckily, Shake was there. You know, for once, this may even be the first time in the series where Shake has more sense than anybody else. He he actually stops any sort of problem here because again this would have obliterated all the aqua teens and that kind of leads me to this episode frylock is really the villain here if you think about it. this is i maybe even our first frylock as villain episode we get shake as villain we get meatwad as villain i don't think we've gotten carl as villain yet 
But definitely, I think this is a fair first entry for Frylock as the villain of the episode, because he's the one who killed Carl, and he's the one putting Carl through all this torture, and he almost just killed the Aqua Teens with this. And it's all, you know, just from his own hubris. He, he's a scientist. He really wanted to test out his, his toilets, and because of that, killed his neighbor, and then is now torturing him. So that was plan C, and that did not work out. You know, they didn't even turn him on there, which, hey... Good going, Shake. We're on to, I guess, plan D now, and that is Carl's head is hooked up to a remote control truck, a a little yellow truck. I guess this being a a dump truck RC car of some sort, and Frylock is controlling it. He's kind of smashing Carl into into Frylock's desk and all this stuff. He's He's not good at controlling it. So he will give Carl the controls. And Carl will stick his tongue out to drive the car himself. And we'll see his tongue is an eyeball for some reason. It just makes no sense why they had to replace his tongue. But they did. It's now it's now just a long, stretched out eyeball. Let's give it a listen. Turn it left. Turn it left. I keep hitting the same spot. Look, you're going to break my friggin' nose. Oh, sorry, Carl. I still haven't gotten hanging. Just give me the damn thing. Here, this little steering wheel makes it go left and right, and this switch here is power. Which button sort of turns me to the lawyer and makes me sue the hell out of you? <laughs> All right, easy, Carl, now. Don't make me have to shut the power off. Don't do that. Just sort of put it on my chin. I'll, uh, freaking steer it with my tongue. That may not work. Let's just, uh, get Meatwad to drive you home. So, yeah, just just so funny. All the stuff they've put Carl through throughout the show. And this episode, a big culmination of that. And, and possibly the one where I feel the, the saddest for Carl because of how much pain he's in in all of these different forms. And then he ends up just having to be a head on top of a remote control car that, uh, yeah, Frolic was, was driving him into his desk over and over again on accident. Just feel bad for Carl here. This is just such a disturbing sight, really. <laughs> the talking head on top of a toy car is just crazy. And just the the insult to injury in a way, or I guess just injury to injury of Frylock driving Carl into his desk so many times, hurting Carl's face. You know, they should have got the Carl who called in earlier who drives trucks. Maybe he could uh, navigate this little Tonka truck here and keep the cartoon Carl safe. So moving to our next clip, Frylock is going to have Meatwad drive Carl home. And he's going to call for Meatwad. Meatwad is going to bust through Frylock's door from the hallway. And he is in the big exoskeleton thing that they were going to put Carl in. And he has Shake in his grasp in a giant pincer. And we'll hear from there. Meatwad! Get him off me, please! <laughs> I didn't mean it! Everything I say to you, I mean about myself! Shut up, boy. I'm at worst. Not in the house! So that's Frylock flying up super quickly to Meatwad's uh, face level because Meatwad is now elevated. He's inside of the, the mecha suit. So Frylock flies out there real quick. He's angry. Not in the house, he says. So now we cut to outside. Meatwad is going to throw Shake in the air and then send some missiles at him and explode him. And then we're at the end of the episode. Let's check it out. No, 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 no. I need to leave. Zone in target. Got him. Fuck you, butthole. So it just really sounds like Meatwad says, fuck you, butthole. And I really thought he did as a kid. I remember like, oh, what do the subtitles say? Both subtitle copies I have on my computer, as well as HBO Max, all say, fudge you, butthole. But I just don't hear fudge at all. I don't know what they're saying here. I I assume it's not fuck, because that would have been bleeped out. They wouldn't have been able to do that. But it's not fudge. I don't know what it is. I, I, I can't tell. If you have an idea, let me know. But yeah, 
I'll play it again just so you can hear it. Fuck you, butthole. Your guess is as good as mine, but that is the end of the episode. That is Total Recarl, one of my absolute favorites. But before I give you my thoughts on it, let's head back to October 5th, 2003 and see what was going on over on the anime superhero forums. First of all, little detour. So sometimes I read comments from a user named Diana Gohan. Well, funny enough, I saw Diana commenting on an Aquadonk side piece episode last week. I responded to her saying, hey, this is weird, but, you know, I, I do an Aquatine podcast and I've been reading some of your comments. And she responded. I'll read you my comment and then I'll read you her response since uh, I guess what she says is kind of just a response to me. So I said this. Hey, Diana. This is weird, but on my Aquatine podcast, I've been reading threads from the anime superhero forum from the nights the episodes aired. I've seen your name pop up there a ton and have read your comments from 2003 on the show a few times. Super cool to see you here and still discussing new Aquatine all these years later. Take care. And then Diana came back with this. Oh yeah, that was back when the anime superhero forum was called the Toon Zone Forum. I posted there in 2003 before getting banned for, I think, honking the wrong people off or something. But yeah, still post around the internet and places like here, for instance. So that's Diana, still doing well, still commenting on Aquatine stuff. This on the MCP Pants Aquadonk side piece. So just cool to see her, cool to get a response, and really great information there that it wasn't always called anime superhero, it was called Toon Zone. And that makes sense, because I'm like... Why Why are they discussing all this Aqua Teen, all this Adult Swim stuff on an anime forum? That doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Of course, it's not insane, but that's not what I would expect. But yeah, it was just a general tune cartoon forum, I guess, back in the day, and eventually they changed the name. So this whole thread is pretty long. It's seven pages long, which is probably the longest one that we've covered yet. A lot to go through. The first two real comments are just people like, oh, I want I want phone spiders, which is so funny. Lots of phone spider talk. Cactus Jack 1999 says, well, I am thoroughly disgusted. That was his whole comment. He didn't like all the body horror. User Moradin says, was that his first practical invention? I can't wait until those hit the shelves in a local store. <laughs> yeah, I don't think those will be coming to the store anytime soon, Moradin. Dogasu comes in with this. It was disturbing, but it was also one of the funniest episodes yet. So many great one-liners. And Frylock couldn't afford an invisibility thing for the toilet, yet he could afford that big-ass robot body from the end of the episode? That's a great observation that I didn't even think about. I mean, yeah, how much would that have cost? It's just absurd. And sometimes these absurdities just slip by me in the Aqua Teen universe, so I appreciate seeing a comment like that. User Delphair, kind of, I'm not going to read the comment verbatim, but he basically says that the episode got a lot better as it went on, which is what I expected some people would think. He says here that once Carl's head was on the black man's body, things improved considerably, and I was laughing quite a lot by the end. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of something we ran into in the early part of season two, where there's like a slow buildup and, until things start happening. For example, Supercomputer, a lot of people didn't like the first half before Oog comes in, but then after Oog comes in, the episode is considered to pick up a lot with a lot of people, at least people I've talked to. And I, I can see that being the case here. Personally, I liked everything leading up. You know, we get the iconic Carl scene of him behind the couch saying, you know, go away, you freak. And then we get all, just all the pooping stuff, which is fun. Uh, but I could see why some people would feel that way. Lots of speculation on what Meatwad says at the end. Some people think he really says fuck, but everyone's like, nah, he can't say fuck. Like, they would have to bleep that. Uh, Double Nag says, I think he said fug, which I, I'm inclined to agree with because I don't know what else he could have said. 
Our buddy the Landstander comes in with Love It. Aqua Teen Hunger Force continues with Tefunny. Started off mediocre, but once they got to giving Carl new bodies, we were in classic territory. Not as good as Universal Remonster, but, well, that's a hard act to follow. Fudge you, butthole. Or was it fart? Meh. Yeah, I mean, Landstander, I, I don't even know if it's fart either. I think it's, uh, it probably is fug. And speaking of the Landstander, excited to mention that I've actually been in contact with him. I messaged him because I found that I've been reading his comments in this section of the podcast over and over again. So I reached out to him, explained the situation, and just sat with fingers crossed. Like, man, I hope this guy fucking logs into his account that he was using 20 years ago. Sure enough, he did. So I'm in contact. I'm, I'm in the process of sending him some questions because... This was someone who was really invested in Aquatine at the time and just, you know, interested to hear how he followed the series and how things ended up. So expect a short little interview that I'll have with the Landstander soon enough. But that's really all I'm going to read from the anime superhero forum for this episode because even though there are seven pages, it's mostly a lot of people going back and forth about what Meatwad said and... And people complain they can't say fuck on the forum and all this other kind of stuff I'm not going to waste your time with. But if you'd like to see the full thread, of course, check the show notes. I wanted to find something negative because I, I, I try and read from both sides on the podcast. So it's, it's always interesting for me to see when somebody doesn't like the episode and why. But nobody really disliked this one there. So, hey, great episode. Let's move on over to my thoughts here. As I said, growing up for, for a small period, this was my favorite episode and I actually had forgotten about this episode, and I didn't think it was going to be anything special, but I'm just reminded how much I loved it and why it was in the running as one of my favorites. And also, you can kind of tell, I think this is going to be the longest podcast episode I've done, is on this episode of Aqua Teen. We get all the characters, and we get great moments from all the characters. You know, we have that classic line from Carl in the beginning, we have the interaction of, of Frylock and Carl in the beginning, and then we get the running gags with, with Shake and Meatwad, we get Meatwad abusing Shake at the end, so it's like an episode where where Meatwad is, is getting consumed by his power, but the whole episode isn't about that. We only get that at the very, very end. Uh, yeah, we get Shake driving the the bulldozer around, and just all sorts of crazy stuff in this episode. It's really just the Aqua Teens fuck around at home in the best possible way. As I've said, a memory that has stuck with me through all these years is trying to pause the DVD to see this part on Frylock's computer screen to see what Carl was saying if he really was dropping F-bombs and, and of course being so excited when I saw that he really was. They really showed it. I couldn't believe it because, you know, yeah, this was, uh, this was a cable television show. I couldn't believe that they were showing that on Cartoon Network. But to the episode, it's just so packed with jokes. I feel like there's no wasted moments. I understand why some people will think the beginning is slow. I personally don't. I like the beginning because it really sets up the rest of the episode. It's really crucial, that beginning, especially, you know, even on smaller things with Meatwad and Shake, with Shake trying to steal Meatwad's jokes. That comes back in the episode. Then Meatwad ultimately gets his revenge, not only for Shake terrorizing him throughout the series, but for Shake stealing his jokes as well. Very fun. Just great episode. And I'm not even going to feel ashamed. I'm giving this one five fiber tablets out of five. I think it's just a great classic episode of Aqua Teen. On IMDb, this episode is tied for second place with The Shaving. So that makes me think I'm, I'm not crazy. I'm, I'm not letting nostalgia blind me on this pick here for a five out of five. It just seems to be a popular episode for great reason. 
So, what do you think about this episode of Aqua Teen? Feel free to reach out. You know, I post on Instagram and Twitter when these episodes go up or, or that same day. Feel free to comment there what you think. I'd love to hear from you. Otherwise, that's it for me this week. Definitely check out the Instagram page for the concept art from this episode, but also on Twitter, Instagram, we'll be doing the giveaway. That Those posts should be up on Tuesday at the latest, but just keep an eye out. And yeah, uh, send in your pictures of your ratings or reviews if you want to be entered to win one of these limited Carl on the Crapper stickers. Otherwise, thank you for listening along. Thank you for hanging out. If what I do brings you value, if you'd like me to keep doing it, keep doing more of it, keep making it better, please consider supporting the show over on patreon.com slash dancing is forbidden, where at $5 and up, you'll also get exclusive episodes that go up at the end of every month, as well as the entire backlog that's there. And if you can't do that, then just sharing the show, posting about it on Reddit or, or Facebook groups or whatever you're doing, it's much appreciated. Of course, I gotta give a big shout out to the boys, Sean, Ian, Josh, Keenan, Hope to Dope, Captain Buford, and Brian. You guys can steal my jokes any day of the week. I'll see you next week when we discuss Season 2, Episode 13, Revenge of the Trees. Bye-bye. That's not an F-bomb. Fudge you.